welcome to the show, Paul George, in studio with the world famous now Deacon Adam Conk. <laughs> you got your collar on, yeah, gray shirt, Deacon thing going, collar, black jacket, <laughs> black beard, black headphones, black microphone. You are a rock star deacon. Oh, my. <laughs> well, thanks for being so to our listeners so that they feel like they're right here in the studio. They got all the colors. You got the haircut going on. You got the beard trim. You're just, you're ready to bless people. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got uh, Chad Bayro, producer Chad in the corner. I don't need the same description. <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> you don't need it? No, no, no. no. Chad, I'm not as famous. Chad's more of a rock star than me. I'm the only beardless, beardless man in the... Uh, Studio. Do you feel that? Do you I'm, feel beardless? Yeah, I feel like I don't have a beard, mm. if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. I hear you. But uh, I think my eyes I am makes up for the lack of beardness. No one's going to accuse you of not being manly. That's <laughs> right. True. And if they do, send them to me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, man. what? You know, we got this. Uh, if you're living in Louisiana or the Gulf Coast, we get this uh, hurricane. Uh, uh, Tropical storm, not a hurricane yet. Hopefully, it'll stay a tropical storm. You know, I hope so. It's going to come right up, right up the alley. It's called Crystal Ball. Yeah, Crystal Ball. I, I need to practice it. <laughs> which is which is Spanish for crystal. Like that's the name of the oh, storm. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Right now, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Crystal Ball or Crystal Ball. <laughs> crystal Ball. But Crystal Ball. Yeah, it's Spanish for crystal. So Crystal is coming right up the alley, man. Gaining some steam up the Gulf. And then going to come right up. So, yeah, it's always an exciting time for us Louisianians to know there's a storm on the way. Um, I think people are going to react a little less severe than normal, just because I think we're we're reaction out. Well, we're used to being inside. <laughs> we're used to having yeah. supplies in our house because yeah, of right. COVID. We already got toilet paper. We already got Plenty. toilet paper. And uh, it seems like right now in the world we could use a little rain to cool things down. I mean, it's just kind of crazy, but. Um, Great to be with you guys on the show today. So thanks for listening in to the podcast on live radio on Facebook. Really appreciate it. You can comment on the show um, if you're on Facebook Live and be a part of the show if you want to. That would be great. Um, so, Chad, do you have a have you seen? What sure did you do. say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Yeah. All right. So tying in with this apocalypse theme, we have a, a storm on the way. COVID's here. Uh, a lot of... A lot of animosity in the world. And to top it, millions of cicadas are emerging in the U.S. right now. I've heard about this. Every, they, they only emerge like every 13 or 17 years. And so normally they, they appear every year, like in the thousands, but right now it's in the millions. Millions? In the millions. So where'd you see this? <clears throat> On National Geographic. What's a cicada? Can cicadas. You def- can you explain? Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the little, like, there's, they, they show up in little cocoons all over your property. I don't know. Yeah. That's how it's been. They for shed me. your skin on the tree and stuff like that. Right. They really are. Wait, are they like locusts? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, locusts. Oh, they're like. I think locusts. it's the same thing. Locusts like. They locusts. are locusts. They, like they, they make like a loud noise. I love the sound of locusts in the evening. Okay. What an but interesting like, sentence. <laughs> it's 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 like that. That it's sounds that. like a something you would read in a novel. Yeah. Zicadas are really bizarre looking creatures. I mean, they look like little, I don't know. Almost like flies, but they have like the big red eyes and wings. It is kind of weird. Way to put it it yeah. is kind of weird that you're saying this because you, you mentioned the apocalypse and whatever, but it, like it is weird. And I'm not like all into this, but uh, 
if you think about like there's a pandemic, you know, there's you know an economic downturn, uh, and now you're you're talking about locusts, right? Which we we know in scripture that we're getting biblical here. We're getting yes. biblical here. It's strange. I mean, are people into like, hey, it's the end times? I mean, have you read anything or seen anything about that? Like, yeah, I mean, I think the the conspiracy theorists are enjoying the first the idea that there's a select group of people who are causing all these things for their own agenda. So, mm, right. And then also that we're actually seeing the end of the world. Yeah. Those are two popular conspiracy theories. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, so let's just set something straight theologically. And, you know, in our faith, we believe that there will be an end time. Like Jesus will come back. So like, you know, that's, we're not like talking about like, Hey, is, you know, as we've talked before, <laughs> uh, is there life on, a, on another planet? Like this, you know, we believe that Jesus will come back. There will be an end times. Most of the folks that I encounter and talk to about the end times are usually, right? Um, that's just been my experience. Have you guys heard of any Catholic folks right now during this time saying, hey, it's the end times, it's coming? Like, has there been any, like, Catholic chatter out there any. about that? No, I don't have heard I any. haven't seen it. No? I think it's fun more than anything else, which is probably not the right attitude to have, but <laughs> just, I don't know. It seems to me like in, in Catholic theology, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, because uh, I don't think this is a theological statement, more of a discussion, is for Catholics, like, we don't really worry about the end times theologically. We just believe, hey, when Jesus comes, just, he's comes, whenever it is, right? And just be ready, and, and that's it. Like, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. That seems to be, like, you know, more like the, the Catholic approach. Like, it's going to yeah. happen, you know, and, you know, live your life for Christ, and whatever happens, happens. I think there's two reasons for that. One is the way the church has traditionally interpreted the book of Revelation. It is about the end of the world, but not in a play-by-play fashion. Right. And mm-hmm. so when we see things in the world, we don't think, oh, now that it's being accomplished, because we don't see the book as a play-by-play of how it all go down. We do think it's about the end of the world, yes. If the end of the world happens, we will look at the book of Revelation and say, ah, that makes sense now but not like this, then this, then this, then this. So we're kind of not ready to to jump on events as if they're signaling the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And then two, in Catholic theology, our role in the end of the world is very limited. Right. Like we're, it's something Jesus does, not us, but in a lot of non-Catholic theologies, the church has a role to bring about such and such. For example, um, in a lot of non-Catholic circles, the, the nation of Israel... And its state is important for the end of the world. Like it has to be at a certain point for the end of the world to come. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of motivation from evangelicals and others, even in America, to help bring, to help the nation of Israel prosper, so that we might bring about the end of the world. And mm-hmm. for Catholics, that's not that's not the case. Yeah, if you study Revelations, um, the book, yeah, it's not a play by play of the end times. You know, there's there's a lot of deep theology, actually, in Revelation uh, about Christ. There's a lot of deep theology about the liturgy uh, that's in Revelation, you know, Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of uh, analogy around numbers and meaning, and you know, so uh, you can't just read Revelation cover to cover and just interpret it yourself. You know, that's like, it's like me who's not an engineer, like just looking at the space shuttle and being like, oh, I know, I know how it works. Right, mm-hmm. I know I don't like. I could see the basics, like it's got some, you know, jet-powered engines and it goes up. That's what I can tell <laughs> you, right? I just because I'm not an engineer, I don't know the the inner working. So if you're gonna dabble into Revelation, study it. Like, 
you, you better get some good formation around it and dive into some deep, you know, Catholic theology that really breaks it open. Um, but just like the church, like if we were to see a, a, like a miracle, like there was a miracle that happened in the world, right? It would, you know, the, the church doesn't take, take that lightly, but it takes its time to discover whether or not it was an actual miracle, <laughs> you know, like mm. a lot of time, you know, we're, we're still waiting on miracles to be approved by the church. Right. So when it comes to like the end times, it's like, Oh, locust, the church isn't just going to be like, like you said, <laughs> church isn't gonna be like, Oh, it's the end times, you know, um, it's gonna, it's gonna take its time to really investigate, pray, discern, put it all together, which is, which is a good teaching moment for us not to just jump to, uh, uh, an answer or a response, but to really discern and pray through things, you know? That space little launch, space shuttle launch this Saturday, though. That was cool. That yeah, was, was cool. Not to change the subject too much, but you talked about it a little bit. No, I brought it up. I watched it. I loved it. It was awesome. Actually, you know. So cool. Um, and I think that was the first one I've watched in my lifetime. Yeah, in your memory, for sure. In my memory, anyway. Well, I mean, there hasn't been a launch on U.S. soil in, what, like 15, a, 18? What did they I say? Don't what, I don't know. It, what, I think it's about 15 years. So, so you yeah. would have been super young. So, um, you know, I, re, I remember some launches, and it's been cool. Um, but, yeah, I watched it. I, I just really enjoyed yeah, it's it. like watch the bottom come back to the earth and be preserved. That was cool. That was neat. And to land. Like, yeah. literally, like, you know, oh. so... So yeah, cool. it's pretty cool. You know, uh, there have been some amazing things going on in our world, despite like a lot of just the the hardships and the chaos and the worry and fear in our world right now. And I, I think more than anything, like I'm looking for those bright moments because, you know, I lay in bed at night just like you guys and, and a lot of people I know. And, you know, my heart's heavy for the world. You know, it hurts for the world. It hurts for people. It hurts uh, to see unrest and division and hatred. But I I think in the midst of all that, there's so much good and so much love and so much encouragement, you know, and the more and more we can get back to our faith and going to mass and visiting the sacraments and, you know, the more and more that we can really begin to dive into this um, life that Christ has for us differently. So, all right, we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be right back. It's Paul George talking art of living. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk in studio. Producer Chad in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Chad, you were talking about it. Have you seen... Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, in February, before the... The pandemic. I was actually working then, um, <laughs> and uh, the, uh, so I was I was in Monroe, uh, which for us is you know two, two and a half, three hour drive. I don't know, um, three maybe. Uh, I was up there giving a talk at a school and a church, and um, so I went out to eat with some friends of mine up there who who were 
I reconnected with. It's great. And uh, so we're going to this restaurant and next door was this place is like, I was like, what is that? It just kind of looked kind of, you know, different and had this sign. I, I didn't know what the sign meant. And, and the guy was like, oh, that's a place where you can go in and you can throw axes. Mm. Like you pay to throw axes in this room. Have you guys heard of this? Yes. I've, I've actually been in Austin. And I went, and me and me and my wife, we went last year for our anniversary. We didn't go specifically to go axe right. throwing, but, but we went to Austin. Yeah, and I don't know. Did I you look it up and like let's go, or did you walk by it and like she oh, looked it up and she was like let's go? Okay, and <laughs> I was like Abigail's Fuck. ready. She let's is. Let's do this. Yes, it's and scary. so we went, and uh, it was. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go back. I mean, it was cool. So you got to throw one an time. axe. Like, you can go once. Yeah, you throw an axe at a target. Okay. Now, and is this for like folks who aren't like raised in the country or like have a yard right. and like I you have an axe and you throw it at a tree? Because I've done that many a times in my life, actually. I'd much rather throw axes at trees than go back there. <laughs> 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 what? It was what is the, the liability in this place? Like, I don't can know, you imagine, man. It was like, weird. Someone walks in and, and maybe they're like not having a good day and like they just start throwing axes at folks. Like I don't know. Like yeah, seems to me like well, yeah, it's that and then drinking's permitted. <laughs> and so it's just a and the people that staff the place are just different yeah. is a good yeah. word to put it. Yeah. And I just it was all right, but a little scary. So like, I would open one up just for the the fun of naming a place like that. Mm. You know, like, like what would you name it? Like get your axe together, <laughs> right? Um, Such this, a, this place is called Class X. There you go. Get your that's, axe together. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was very clever. Mm-hmm. And you had to come up with your own name, so you had to. Most people did axe puns. But <laughs> I'm not gonna say what, what we chose, but yeah, don't I hope say there it. wasn't an accident. Mm. Oh, you guys are killing not that me. I saw. You guys are killing me. Not that I saw. All right, so Chad, we do actually have a saint. Yeah, who, it ties in well through axes. <laughs> Ties in well. I, I don't know if you guys know more about him than I do, but St. Boniface okay. feast day is today. Nice. And apparently... Which is a great name, by the way. Yeah, what a name. Would you means, name one of your kids Boniface? Well, it means like... Boniface? Be- means beautiful face. Beautiful face. Wow. I know it sounds manly. It, and it is. It sounds manly on its face. But, right. But if, I went up, but if I went up to you and said, Adam, you have a beautiful face, it, this is kind of weird. Yeah, that would be a little strange for one man to another, but... Um, but Boniface, Boniface, yeah, Boniface. Uh, Paul Hood says on the show, he says he would name it "Axe to Grind." An axe to grind. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if he has any of these days. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said uh, "Kiss my axe." I like that one. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I think it would be kind of trendy. It's kind of like the escape room thing, right? Like it's trendy. Uh, people will do it. You probably do it once. Like you've ever done the escape room. You do it once. It's like really fun, but you're like, I don't need to do it again. Right. Seems like to me the axe thing would happen <laughs> and it would be fun, but you would need to like add to it to get returning customers. Like, hey, next time you could throw spears. <laughs> I'd love that. You know? Yeah. There's going to be go. flames all around you. Flamethrowers. <laughs> like, think I can about it. go anywhere in Vermillion Parish with people drinking and throwing axes. Flamethrowers this time. Um, you know, like, Think about it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that would be cool. I'd do the flamethrower. Drive a car off a cliff, like like at some point, like it just keeps going. But right, maybe yeah. not that part. Yeah, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> uh, anyway, Paul, yeah, Boniface is awesome. Boniface. Boniface. <laughs> Paul Hood says, "Ask me later." <laughs> yes, I won't ask you later, good. Paul. 
That's good. So, the uh, story of St. Boniface says he encountered a tribe worshipping a Norse deity in the, in the form of a huge oak tree. He walked up to the tree, removed his shirt, took up an axe, and without a word, hacked it, hacked it down. That it was a six-foot-wide tree yeah, for the wooded god. So is this like, take up your axe and follow Jesus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something like that. He said he stood on the trunk and said, How stands your mighty god? My god is stronger than he. What a man. With a beautiful face. Apparently. Well, and I told my kids this morning <clears throat> to help them remember that story. The god that that tree was in honor of is Thor. Oh. Like the Avengers. Oh. Well, that makes sense. So I let them know, look, Boniface greater than Thor. <laughs> He's the true Avenger. Wow, they're going to remember that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what was the whole point of the story? Like what, like Boniface chopping down the tree? Like, Oh, I guess that... that so the, the tree was like a god? So yeah. Boniface, as a young man, he, so he was a, a Benedictine monk mm-hmm. and discerned religious life, right? But the main project of the church at the time was evangelization. So, you know, in, Roman Empire became Catholic. Everybody's excited. Yay. Then the barbarians come in and put all that to... To, to end, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought the world was ending then, by the way, because right. imagine if you built this whole civilization, you're like, great, Jesus will come back, and we, we made it, and then it all falls apart. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the end of the world. So that was the first end-of-the-world experience of the church. Gotcha. So anyway, Boniface decides to go into missionary activity. He's sent to a diocese, and he fails miserably. You know? He just he blows it, right? So he goes back to prayer, goes back to being a monk, and he says, we're going to go again. And this time he succeeds. He, he gets it done. And uh, so th- they make him a bishop. They say, okay, we'll go evangelize Germany. And um, anyway, so he gets there. And his thought was, like, if I um, show these people that their God is not the true God, this will help evangelize them. And it actually did. He was very successful. He evangelized wow. Germany and set up all the dioceses that are there now. They were all set up by Boniface. He became archbishop and literally set up the dioceses of, of the Church of Germany. Wow. And he built a chapel out of that wood that he cut down from the tree and, and dedicated to St. Peter. And to me, this is a great example of like true enculturation evangelization. It's not like, let's make a pagan version of Christianity that everyone will accept. That's not it. It's more like, let's go in there, preach the gospel, and then build a church out of the people, like mm. literally the material, like let's build the Catholic church out of what's already there, but not in this weird pagan mixture that we think everybody will like in a true fashion, like a true church, but using the stuff that's already there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about like early church, like, you know, 600s, yeah. 600s, 700s. you know, I'm not talking about like, you know, 500 yeah, years it was ago, eighth, eighth and ninth century. Yeah. Like yeah. this guy was like, Hardcore early on evangelizing the world. Well, and he's a martyr. Germany. And you know why he got killed? Not because of that. That was successful. Can you imagine like the courage it took to do that, but then it worked? Mm-hmm. Be like, yay, that worked. <laughs> well, he was 75 years old, old man. And that place he first evangelized that he was excited about, they went back to paganism. He said, uh uh-uh. uh. So he took off at 75 years old, Dude. back to that place, and they killed him. Imagine 75 years old back then. <laughs> like he must have been. Um, I hope I could play golf. So he was assassinated. <laughs> yeah, by the by the wow. pagans that were retaking the the land he had made Christian, and he had none of it. So he left Germany and went back. This was in the, the Netherlands. What well, someone Old. asked me actually this question not long ago: What's the difference between murder and assassination? Like I, I don't. 
know technically, but it says Boniface was assassinated. Mm. You know, so I don't know if it's like more of like, you know, well planned type. No, I think it has to do with motivation. You murder someone yeah. just to kill them. You assassinate someone to end a movement. Like if they're a leader of a movement oh, or yeah. a cause. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, like Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You kill that person to end a movement. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean. Talk about radical, you know, we just celebrated Pentecost, right? Mm. And we talked in the last show about, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit empowering us. You know, and Pentecost just kind of came and went, you know, went to Mass, um, Pentecost, which is great. And, uh, you know, here we are. I mean, we're, we're, we have access to the Holy Spirit. Um, this is what, moti- like, this is what drove St. Boniface to, like, you know, sacrifice his life, to go to regions that were pagan to preach the gospel without fear um yeah i mean it i don't know like that's to me like that's a, like i almost want to live then like i want to see that more you know mm. um it seems like we we preach today more um i don't know beliefs than we do the gospel does that make sense like yeah. like we we, pre- we preach more like what side we're on Instead, it's preaching the gospel of Jesus with passion. I don't know, like that. Yeah, and you made it. I think you might have talked about this last week, Adam, but I don't remember. But it's just, yeah. If I had half the courage that Boniface did, I would love. I'd be happy to, you know, and and speak the the bold truth of the church, and not be so concerned with like how can my church fit into the world, and look like the world, or accompany the world, but how can I bring the world into the church? Yeah, I remember this. I don't remember a lot of homilies, but I remember this one because it was really awkward for like two seconds. <laughs> and uh, but the priest got up and he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's he got up and he this was his first line. He said, "There's a lot of big butts in the room." Oh my gosh! And it, it was like whoa! It got like really awkward. And then he goes, uh, "Most of us in here say." God, I'll do this, but, and we just start listing excuses, man. And you could just feel like the tension in the room, like in a good way. Like, and I can't tell you like how many times you, like you say, if, if you had like half the courage of Boniface, it's, it's, it's like all these like excuses that we have or these butts. I mean, I have them like, yeah, Lord, I'll do that. But you know, my family or, but you know, my finances or, but you know, like my safety or, but you know, what will people think about me? You know? And like, you know, my list of butts are huge, you know, I have huge butts and uh, (laughs) I mean, think about them, you know? And I, and I do think, you know, it was challenging for me because, um, you know, how often do my excuses keep me from living like radical faith? And I love the letter that Boniface wrote um, back to his church because he, he, he didn't like his work. And he said, I would gladly give this up if there was even one bishop, saintly bishop, who had done that. If there was even one, you know? Like, if, mm. if any example of a good bishop included not having to go through this, because it wasn't just the pagans he dealt with, his priests were terrible. Mm. He had corrupt, horrible priests, and he did not have like having to deal with them. The way he solved it was he made the the good ones bishops and stuff. But like he dealt with church corruption, he dealt with paganism. He didn't enjoy it. 
Mm-hmm. And so if there was even one saintly example of giving this up, I would do it. So he didn't like it. It's not like Boniface was this, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme or Vin Diesel figure where like, you know, guns blazing fire in. He was this guy who was just humbly, daily, just trying to be faithful to Jesus. But that fidelity required boldness. That fidelity required bravery. And that's why he did it. He didn't do it because his temperament liked it. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us just default. We do in the church what we like to do. And Boniface is a great example of doing what God wants you to do, not what you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul Hood said uh, he, he's commenting on the show. <laughs> Bury the hatchet. No, he said God is bigger than your butt. <laughs> which which is true. That is true. It's a good bumper sticker. I do think we live in a world where it's like, you know, you got to... You got to love what you do, you know, and, you know, if you if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, and then we want to kind of, you know, translate that into like our work as, as yeah. missionaries, you know, mm-hmm. our call to be missional in our baptism. It's like, no, like following Jesus is actually hard. Like <laughs> yeah. it's tough, like preaching the gospel, living your faith. You don't have to like it, you know, or enjoy it to do it, right? Like, did Boniface want to go back to a pagan country at 75 and say, hmm, I'm probably not going to make it back? No, right? But the purpose of the gospel was way bigger than what he wanted. You know, do bishops and priests, you know, do they like their jobs all the time? No, they shouldn't. Like, there's a lot of administration or there's a lot of heartache. But, you know, it's like once we get out of that and and, and get back to what it's really about— I, like that's where we find purpose and passion, right? Like, um, so I, I think we do hide behind a lot of butts, and we, mm-hmm. if we can get out in front of those and and be about what the gospel is really about, you know, um, instead of the excuses, maybe our world could uh, benefit, you know. Until we live like that, the gospel is chained. Um, yesterday, Saint Paul's letter to Timothy talked about the word of God not being chained. Right. We chain the gospel when we preach it at our own convenience only. Yeah, I, I feel like one of the things that I've been hearing coming up from friends and, and whatever, it's like, if I can just do this and get to this point in my life, then I'll be happy mm-hmm. or I'll be comfortable. Or if I could just change to this job or move to this place or be able to travel in this way, then I'll I'll be happy and I'll be comfortable and yeah, whatever, whatever it is. And they just have this vision of like a life without suffering or whatever. And and sure, that is sort of the vision and where we're going towards, but that's not in this life. And I, I, yeah, I, I like that example of, of, I like what you said about Boniface of like, he doesn't want to do it, but it's not about, it's, it's not about him to some extent. It's about, yeah, what God, what God longs for him, what, what kind of, what, what he can do through him. Yeah, it seems, you know, there have been times in history of the church, like if you study church history, where the gospel has become very political, right? And that's when it, it was, there was corruption a lot in the church. Seems today, and I'm not saying the church is doing this, I'm just saying, like, because I think social media and the access to everyone having some type of voice, you know, with social media, is that, um, you know, the gospel is, it feels like it's not pure, that in mm. a lot of ways it's it's becoming politi- political. The gospel is like that. That's not what the gospel is meant for. The gospel is meant to save people. Mm. Like the, it's the word of God. It is it is you know Jesus alive. It is the power of the Holy Spirit coming to save us. Right um, to to reconcile us to the Father. 
to give us forgiveness of sins, to heal us of our wounds and brokenness. The cross of Jesus Christ saves us of those things, to, to deal with so much of our brokenness um, and to make it anything other than what the gospel is, is, is to dishonor the gospel. You know, and I and I hate to say it that way, but but it's true. Like you're talking about Boniface, like he there was corruption in the church then. Uh, there there were priests and clergy in the church that were doing things that that were not a part of the gospel. And anytime we fade away from the truth of the gospel of who Jesus is, who God created us to be, you know, uh, how the Holy Spirit is working in our world. When we when we get away from that, like things begin to fall apart. So we have a choice, you know, do we, are we a money where all these terrible <laughs> things that are happening are just going to happen to me and I'm going to give in like Boniface, his priests were a victim of the barbarian invasion and of, you know, we're just going to give in, right? Like it's just going to happen to me. Things are going to be bad for a while. Or do we remember that all of these great stories, Boniface and others, all these heroes of our faith happen in the same adversity we're experiencing now? The exact same. Right. In fact, worse. And um, hmm. so we have a choice. and But the choice is fidelity to, to God's call for us or not. We're not going to be Boniface. Like, I'm not a bishop. But... You could be. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, possible. Be. it's possible. It's possible. It's very possible. But, I mean, it, not likely. Not likely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, and I probably won't be martyred either. But... It's possible. If I'm, it's possible. That's more likely. More likely than you being a bishop. <laughs> You know, definitely. Right. But I can be faithful to Jesus and what God is asking me to do, and there's a good chance it's going to be inconvenient. There's a good chance I'm going to have to suffer for it. There's a good chance I might not be, quote, living my best life, end quote, <laughs> by the standards of the world when I pursue it. There's a really good chance of that. But the only way to follow Jesus is to go down that path, and, and that's it, it. And it's hard. It's, it's difficult. Hard. Which, by the way, you have a greater chance of being mortared if you go to that axe place, for sure, <laughs> or being yeah. killed. But but it's hard. It's not easy, you know. So, what's the answer to an economic downturn? The gospel. What's the answer to, you know, unrest? The gospel. What's the answer to a pandemic? The gospel. What's the answer to locusts? You know, attacking <laughs> cicadas. Cicadas. Cicadas, cicadas are like. Imagine uh, you're watching a superhero movie, and these flies get a hold of like that toxic substance that makes things really crazy, and then they just. <laughs> bulk up and get angry and red eyes those are cicadas yeah pretty much like horse flies but bigger it's a, it's a gospel because at the end of the day like we're human we're frail we're gonna we're gonna all die like and what are we left with right uh, so the only thing that gets us through these times is our faith uh, falling in love with jesus more and more so that we can we can be healed of our brokenness and our woundedness and our sinfulness so that we can love others as jesus calls uh, us to love them, right? The two greatest commandments. And the more and more we do that, as difficult as it is, um, the more and more our our cities, our towns, our neighborhoods, our cultures will, will be better, you know? Uh, Paul Hood uh, gave a good, good quote by C.S. Lewis on Facebook. He said, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has been tried and found difficult. And I think that's that's what we're trying to get at right there, is that, you know, we we want it to be easy. We want to be happy, and we want you know to, you know to whatever. But the the gospel isn't always easy. It's not always fun. You know, it is difficult. You know, 
take up your cross and follow me. I mean, Jesus says it. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George here in studio with Deacon Adam Conk. This is like two weeks of you being a deacon or something like that. Something I'm still like trying that. to get used to you having this little collar and gray shirt, but um, you know, and now you're you're holier than I am. <laughs> you're ordained. I don't think I don't think that's how it works, but um, his hands are a little different. I have more responsibility than I do. And Chad. Yes. Know. I have different responsibility. Let's just say that. <laughs> Although I do have all your responsibility being a husband and father. And a deacon. But plus a deacon. So maybe you're right about that. But Which, you you do it better than me. The whole ministry and you look better. The doing whole it. ministry of a deacon is to serve, right? That's right. Isn't that what the word means? Yeah. That's literally what the word literally means. Literally what the word deacon means. I'm a servant. To serve. All so right. you know, I think you should serve Chad and I. Okay. In some yes. way, shape, or form. I could use the water right I now. I hope to. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, great show. We're talking about all these things from Axis to St. Uh, Boniface to the gospel to this missionary Apocalypse. fervor in our, in our faith, you know, and, and particularly, like, I, look, none of us are, like, um, unaware of our world. I think it's just our world has really always sort of been like this. There's mm-hmm. been evil and hate and you know, craziness in our world. I think it just seems so um, magnified because of media and social media and the internet. Like it's just constantly out there um, and we're bombarded by it. But what is our response? Our response is, you know, the truth of Christ and the gospel and love. Um, so we're getting into all that. So we're going to jump into um, six pack of questions. So... Question. It, any folks on Facebook have an actual question you want to submit? Just rolling over that um, bumper music. You can. Uh, <laughs> you can actually. Paul, Paul's got no time for that. <laughs> can actually add it to the six questions, or we can make an eight pack of questions, or whatever you want. <clears throat> but uh, it seems to me like it all has shifted off the pandemic, so yeah. we can't do a six pack of coronavirus. No. Um, Nobody so, wants to drink that. Um, Paul Hood does yeah. have a question. We're going to do a six pack of Cannonball. Whoa, what's of Cannonball? Our, what's the storm's name? Oh, Cristobal. Cristobal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I called it last night. I was actually, I was actually with Paul Hood, and I, I was like, let's call it Cannonball, because here it comes. Here it comes. comes. All right, yeah. question number one. So we talked about St. Boniface and him chopping down that tree in the middle of town. Paul Hood, what's the largest tree? Paul Hood. I mean, uh, Paul George. <laughs> Paul Hood's name on the screen. Paul George, what's the largest tree you've taken down? Oh, okay. So, like, uh, let's go with girth measured by <laughs> girth ability. I hate that word. Okay, a little bit about myself. Like, I love chopping trees. That's a great feeling. Like w- with an axe or a chainsaw. So you know, I'll go out to some land. You know, with my cousin, 
Well, I'm asking Hunting a, land. X. I'm glad we clarified that. I'm not asking Chainsaw. I'm not asking I hired somebody to come do it. I'm talking about an axe. It's a great workout. Taking it down. And it is actually, for these these places that are on, it, it is a great stress reliever. Not throwing them. Like, actually chopping wood. I mean, mm. okay. So, I actually had a big tree in my yard. I would say, I don't know, you know, 30 inches, maybe. I don't know. It's pretty big. If you're going to hug it, I mean, like, could you, you can get all the, ra- all the way around? No, 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 no. Okay. Definitely not uh, all the way around. Wow. Um, wow, that's pretty big. And it needed to come down. Um, and I just said, I'm going to chop a little every day and then lay it down. And so it took me took me a while. Like three days? No, no, no. More like a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it was huge. And you took an axe to it? Just an axe. Wow. Yeah, I had an axe to grind. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have been a really stressful season of my life. You know, yeah, I I I think I would just get home and just go chop on the tree. That sounds awesome, actually. It just felt I'm so a little good. jealous. I know, I know, because my the current wow. yard I live in right now has no trees. Mm-hmm. You know, a small yard, and the house before this had you know we had a lot of trees, big yard, and uh, that was like my stress reliever. You can ask my wife; she'd be like, "Yep, yeah, he's outside chopping on a tree. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> what he's thinking about, what he's doing." How but, could she not understand? Well, I think she did, but she, you know, like for her, she's not like when I'm, when she's stressed, she's like, I'm not getting an axe and going chop on a tree. Now, were you like jamming to Van Halen during this or like praying a rosary? Like what kind of experience was it chopping the tree mentally? Where were you at? No, I'm not blaring music. I mean, there's some solitude to being outside, Mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the voice of nature and, and the, you want to hear the sound of the axe hitting the tree. Like it's all part of the, the experience. That's for real. But I'm probably, you know, praying and at some point during that time. I don't know. <laughs> and holy silence. So, I did, yeah. Hey, Paul Hood asked about the cactus. What about the cactus? Is oh, that know. question number two or is this no, a sub-question? That's not I think one. it's a, a uh, sub-question. Yes. Yeah, okay. Madeline, I definitely felt some moxie during that time. So, <laughs> um, without a doubt. So. so, what about the cactus? I don't know. Paul Hood's going to have to remind me about the cactus. I can't mm. remember. I don't know either. Because um, I've done a lot of silly things probably in my All life. All right. We'll come back to question number one, sub-question A, but maybe we should move on to sure. question number two. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Gotcha. All right. So um, for the gospel this Sunday, we didn't talk about it, but uh, it's the, it's from John three sixteen through 18, and it talks about that God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And one of the things I've noticed, at least, even especially now, is that it seems like the world is trying to condemn everybody. You know what I mean? Like you go on Twitter, and if you say one thing out of line, like you're... You're done. You're done, right? Or, or uh, on media or whatever. And I think I think that carries over a little bit into our own fears and what we're a little afraid to say or like we're wondering what our opinion should be, like rather than what our opinion is. or You know what I mean? So I feel like it can be very anxiety-inducing. I don't know if you have any thoughts or advice to people... Who, who feel addicted to it or, or feel caught up in it and don't really know a way out. You know what I mean? Well, 100%, because we're talking about this even in my house, you know, because we have older kids and social media and, you know, the news and out there is, it's like you got you got to get off of that and get a break from it. it it's it's volatile. Um, you know, social media is mean and it's angry. And, and, uh, and there's some things on there that are good. Like, granted, like there's some good conversations and discussions and things that we can learn and grow from and hear from. Um, but y- you can get worn out by it. 
you know, um, and then you can get caught up in it. And, you know, the, you know, my advice is like, you, you've got to find some type of moderation with the internet, social media, you know, and every personality is different. What you can handle, you got to know yourself, you know, I, I'm on it for five minutes and I have enough. Like I start to like think a lot and I'm, and I'm like, I got to get out of here, you know? Uh, but you know, what I do say is like, Lord, if I'm going to get on social media and listen to people or hear people, what they're saying, let me leave knowing how to pray for people. Let me know how to, how to, what to pray for, you know? And so right now, like just from being on social media this week a little bit and listening and hearing, I'm like, I have some specific prayer intentions I'm praying for. I'm certainly praying for the, you know, racial unity and, uh, some of my, my African-American friends and black, you know, like I'm hearing folks, like it's given me petitions to pray for. I'm praying for people who have lost their job. I'm praying for folks who are angry and hateful, who need Jesus and the gospel. So I'm trying to, to let the voice drive me to like, you know, real, real prayer for folks. Uh, and, but at the same time, protecting my, how much I can handle, you know, mm -hmm. um, and if I'm going to, you know, say something, you know, I'm going to say it, you know, on the platform we have with the show is like, we've, we've got to stop condemning folks and just loving people like the, you know, the way Jesus loved that, 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 that love that pierces, you know, people's hurt, you know, that type of love, you know, we got to mm -hmm. get back to that. Jesus came to save us for goodness sakes alive. And here we are, like you said, I mean, I think you made a good point. We're, we're condemning each other. <laughs> You know, and Jesus didn't come to condemn, but to save, like, you know, he came to convict us, not to condemn us, like to convict us of our brokenness and our sins so that we can accept his love and be saved through Christ. Right. That's the beauty of the gospel. Right. All of us are saved. None of us are perfect. Right. We're saved through Jesus. So. Mm, love it. All right. Question number three. So we talked about uh, St. Boniface, maybe not enjoying his work very much, but being faithful to Jesus in it. Talk to me a little bit about um, discerning that restlessness with where you're at. Like, is it God or is it my own selfish desires? Like, how do you, how do you know the difference? Um, how do you discern through that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, because I think a lot of folks and, you know, seasons of my life and you guys too, is like, oh, you just wake up, you go to work. You're like, I really, really don't want to do this, Right. And it's really thinking about, well, what's the greater purpose of work? You know, um, it, it's to, to be fruitful. It's to provide, you know, for your family. and to, But to, at the same time, have balance. You know, so work in its nature is is good. The, the work of work is good, even when it's not um, fun, right? So just our ability to just work, whatever work you do is good. God created work to be good, for it to be fruitful, to provide. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, to answer your question and discern, but maybe there are times in season of work where maybe it's an unhealthy environment where you're coming to a point where it's just not good for you, or you, you have a sense that you're supposed to be doing something else or more. And if your intentions are good and discerning Lord, what's next, then that's fine. But if your intentions are like, well, I just want to be a millionaire so I can like, you know, be happy or, you know, I just want to, if it becomes about us and not about the goodness of just wanting to provide and the work and just taking the steps forward with God, then, you know, it's, so it's just aligning our attentions and in, in, in that discernment, right? 
But I do think like for for you guys, Chad, like with the younger generation is like you've really been kind of not everyone, but like taught that like do something you love and it should be fun yeah. and you know, you're gonna make money and it's great. And I think a lot of young adults when I talk to them is like, oh like life's actually hard. It's difficult. <laughs> it's not that easy. You know, my job sucked today. It, it, you know, I'm not making as much as I could or whatever. And you kind of come to that point where you're like, oh, maybe, maybe sometimes it's just difficult, you know, and pushing through sometimes is the virtue, not quitting or like not trying to like get out of it, but actually just pushing through the toughness of it is actually maybe the virtue that God wants to teach you during that time, you know, and that's where kind of discernment comes in. I like it. Yeah, it could definitely be isolating. Like you feel very isolating by, uh, uh, yeah, for young people, I guess, right out of college, because they're like, oh man, I'm supposed to be at this job and I'm not at this job. Right. Or I'm supposed to be doing this with my life and I'm not there yet. You know right. what I mean? When, and I think for all of us, like whatever season of life, and, and in all things, I think a lot of times what we feel is that I'm alone in this or I'm the only one. Uh, but if we all sat at a table and said, oh, you have kids, I have kids. Uh, you ever fuss at your kids? Yeah, me too. All of a sudden you feel like, oh, I'm normal. Like this is everyone like, you know, is not the perfect parent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you sit down with other professionals and be like, man, there are days I don't like my job. Me too. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, okay, so I'm I'm normal. You know, like this is okay. So I think it's important not to like isolate ourselves in those feelings, but to find community and brotherhood, sisterhood, couplehood to, to share those struggles with. And I think that's what happened in our culture is that we're we're kind of behind closed doors, uh, alone in our struggles instead of living in community of just sharing those struggles with each other and realizing, oh, like okay, like we we all are struggling. We're we're yeah. It's it can all- feel like everybody else has their life together until you talk to them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's important about community is that we we're called to share those struggles together and to journey together. Um, you know, Gretchen and I will say all the time, if we ever do in a talk to parents or to couples, is like, you guys, like, we're not perfect. And, like, we just throw, like, our struggles out there at the beginning, and you could just feel like everyone breathe and be like, oh, us too, right? <laughs> and it's just, like, great because that's, that's you know, that's the reality. That's the truth, you know? So. Mm, yeah. Question four. So. Are we on three or four? Four. 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 Wow. Four. The quattro. I'm even in Adam's eye. And no one submitted a question other than Paul Hood says, does Adam pull off the Deacon card when he fusses at his kids? Um, well, the next time I'll fuss at my kids, I'll let you know. Now, can you... I'm a deacon. I'm can, a servant. Kids. Can, does, can does you... Seem right. <laughs> the Deacon card is not going to help the situation. <laughs> <I tell you. laughs> That's not a way to get respect in the room. I am a deacon. <laughs> Your kids are like running around the room. <laughs> I am a deacon. Not going to help. No. But you could actually fuss at your kids and then bless them right after. Yeah. Yeah. You go to your room. Go to your room. <laughs> Just we, get out of here. Do we get... I, I, I hear... Go throw an I axe. I never heard this officially, I guess. But I, I hear that people talk about dads being able to bless their kids or their houses and those things. Is that true? Or how, is it, how does that work? Why does that... So, yeah, that wasn't my question for, but I just thought about blessings it. are sacramentals. Mm-hmm. They're moments of grace that prepare us. They dispose us to the sacraments. Is a way that's often put. Is basically the grace of sacramentals is to prepare you to receive other grace. 
So it's not like you're getting the thing, mm-hmm. but it's going to help you be prepared, open up your heart to get the thing, which is the sacraments or something else, right? Okay, that being said, blessings are rites as well. Like they're rites that you pray. And lay people can do different rites. Not every rite is reserved to a cleric. Mm-hmm. Some rites are reserved to bishops. Some rites reserved to priests or higher. Some rites reserved to deacons or higher. Some rites reserved to no one. Like any um, layperson can do them. And some like specific lay people, like fathers of families, mothers of families, whatever. If you get the book of blessings or look it up online, it has like all the main rites of blessings. A lot of them lay people can do. Mm. For example, blessing your own kids. Does it say that in the book of blessings? Mm-hmm. You can do this layperson. Yeah, it tells you who can do the blessing. Okay. There's some blessings I can't do as a deacon. There's lots of blessings I can't do as a deacon, but mm-hmm. some I can. And the book of blessings tells me which is which. One cool. of the things that, uh, you know, we try to do is, you know, there's some days or night we don't, you know, have family prayer. Our, our kids aren't home and, you know, whatever. But I try to, for the most part, every night bless my kids. Like mm-hmm. make the sign of the cross on their head, bless them, tell them I love them, you know. I've just always done that. I don't know if it was right or wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't know if it's right. an official blessing, but you know, you can pray over your family, over your kids. Right. But the blessing, yeah, just blessing. Do them. you bless your wife too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just just curious. Yeah, I do. Remember, but I do think yeah. that that was a good question for. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I was curious. No, it's a good question. <laughs> we declare it question four. Remember, it's the church who blesses. Right. The mystery of the church blesses through the person who's leading the blessing. Mm -hmm. So like when Paul blesses his kids, it's the church blessing the kids. It's Christ blessing the kids as head of the church. But he is the one bringing that blessing about. Mm -hmm. Priest, prophet, and king. (laughs) (laughs) Question number five then comes to me. I'm the odd one. Um, Very odd. Question number five. So we talked a little bit about the apocalypse and the end of the world and stuff like that. And we talked about kind of Catholic shoulder shrugging that happens with that. But Paul, as you work with people, I don't know, especially people that want to grow in their spiritual life, what is the role of like being aware that there is an end of the world that's coming when it comes to actually making progress in our life and like becoming more of the Christian we're supposed to be? How should we view this event, the end of the world? Um, I think the way Jesus views it, at least in, in my Catholic understanding, is that you know Jesus says we know not the day or the hour, but you know to to be prepared. Like, and that's our our goal as Christians is to every day to just walk with Christ, to be prepared, right? Uh, today could be the day that he comes back. We don't know. And it could be in our lifetime. It could be after. Uh, but we should not think about it in a sense of like, um, oh, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to be prepared, whatever. I think, you know, to be vigilant in our faith, to constantly grow and be prepared. And it's like, but at the same time, Jesus says, do not worry about the day or the hour. Like we can't worry whether or not, you know, the cicadas coming back are a sign of the end times, like, (laughs) because it's out of our control. We can't worry about things that are out of our control. It could be, it couldn't be. My job today is to wake up and live my faith, right? To be vigilant in my faith and, and to grow in my faith. That's, that's what I'm called to do, not to worry about it, not to overthink it, but to think enough to be intentional in my faith to grow every day so that I'm prepared, um, you know, to meet, you know, Jesus face to face, whether that be through the second coming, he comes back before I die or it's after I die. Like that's, that's all I can do. Right. So 
that's the beauty of it, you know, and, and the beauty of the liturgy is that we enter into the mystery of Christ and we not only uh, the past, the present, but but the future. Like we're, we're in this timeless reality of Christ, you know. He has come, he will come again, you know. So the liturgy reminds us of that too, mm. you know, this, this heavenly reality that we're, we're in in the Mass is that, uh, man, this is going to be heaven forever. So, mm, Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of people that, that'll say, uh, like, oh, man, I'm just shooting for purgatory. <laughs> I'm like, man, purgatory doesn't sound that fun. I don't know. Yeah, Have you heard about it? It's just kind of like, uh, let's just go down the field and kick a field goal. Yeah. it's And lose. Why would you like, do that? Like, no, like, let, like, we're going down the field to, like, score a touchdown. Like, you know, like. Yeah, some of the people saying, wow, that person's, like, a little too Catholic. Mm, what yeah. does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. You love Jesus too much. It's like, no. It's like telling me I love my wife too much. That's silly. Mm. Just get off of it. All right. Mm-hmm. We're on the last question? Yeah, and we've yeah. got one from a listener, huh? Okay. Yes. Alex. Frederick. Alex Frederick. He said, Paul, you said earlier that the gospel is not always easy. It's not always fun. Jesus tells us to take up our crosses daily and follow him. How do you communicate that reality to young people? in a ministerial setting, that the Christian life is worth living if they are comfortable where they are? Yeah, I think we can all sort of tie into this question. That's a great, great question. Um, You know, I I mean, I think the conversation a lot of times is like people already know life's difficult. If they haven't acknowledged that, it's just saying, hey, you know, like you've probably experienced that life's not easy, it's not difficult. And translating to the reality of like, well, following Jesus isn't easy either. Like, it, you know... Jesus walks with us. He helps carry the load, the weight. Um, and so in, in that regard, like um, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, right? Like like he, he walks with us and carries, carries, you know, a lot of our burden with us. But like we're joined in Christ. Like so we're, as humans, we experience the pain and suffering of life at the same time. So just because we walk with Christ doesn't mean like, we're void of like the pain and suffering of what we experience in this world because part of pain and suffering actually builds the virtue in us, like the difficulty of like what Boniface had, right? Which was like, I, this is really difficult, but I'm going to do it anyway, right? And so I think it's, uh, you know, we have highs and lows in our faith. That's normal. And in our relationship with Christ, it's really great. Sometimes it's difficult. But I often say this is that just because something is difficult does not mean you shouldn't shouldn't do it or quit doing it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like marriage is difficult. You think <laughs> I just quit or I don't want to do it, right? Like you imagine that. So you know, walk with Christ. Like it's important that um, you know commitment and consistency. When we do that, it pushes us through those difficult times. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like in our relationship with our kids or. Our, our spouse is like commitment and love pushes us through the times where it may be difficult or hard, you know, and then we'll come at on, on the other end better for it. Right. I yeah. love it. You know, it's great. So that's reality. So, you know, take up your cross. Yeah, it's difficult, but you know, the sometimes carrying the cross is very freeing. Sometimes it's very difficult, mm-hmm. you know? So, Anyway, uh, great show today. Thank you guys for contributing. Got uh, Deacon Adam. Call it. 
producer Chad. So uh, you can actually share the show on Facebook or on listen to the podcast. Look up Paul George Show, iTunes, Google Play, um, and it'll be on Catholic Radio for Acadiana, KLFT Radio. So thanks, everyone, for listening in. You can go to Discover the Art of Living, support, support the show, see what we're doing, um, and uh, just be a part of the ministry. So we really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah.